When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Performance Anxiety. This show features filmmaker Marco Porcia, who's recently completed a documentary about the band Swans and Michael Girard. Not easy to do a documentary that focuses on a man who does not look back at his past, ever. Marco followed Swans and documented tours, practices, arguments, group hugs, and a lot more. He filmed so much, in fact, that there's enough bonus material for an entire second feature-length film. He interviewed many former band members and a lot of friends like Jarbo, Thurston Moore, Lee Ronaldo, Phil Rieflin, Norman Westberg, and a lot more. Marco also tells me about this mythical box of vintage Swans live footage that Jarbo told him about and then Michael actually discovered. He even let Marco use a lot of it for this film. So go to wheredoesabodyend.com, watch the trailer, and check out release information. Check out Marco's band, Let There Be Light. Follow us at Performance ANX. Subscribe, rate, review, and prepare yourself to be immersed in swans. My name is Marco Porcia. I'm the director, producer, editor of the documentary film Where Does a Body End? I'm the band Swans. Uh, you can follow. Oh, shit, what I'm gonna say. Uh, you can um, check out, uh, go to uh, go to end.com for updates on the release. Um, you're listening to Performance Anxiety. And, uh, what else? No, no, God, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's okay. the worst I, part. I, I, I can make that work. But uh, so, so anytime I talk about the swans, uh, the swans. Every time I talk about swans, I'm I'm a little intimidated because I don't know them as well as I've I and and Michael as well as I know some of my other guests' work, and so I always get nervous and try to over prepare and try to listen to everything, and it's not it's just not possible with that band. At least. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because every album is so different from it, the next. It really is. It's, I mean, it it can be just so stark the change. It, it's, <laughs> it's pretty wild. Yeah, but uh, you did a good job interviewing Michael. You weren't um, oh, uh, intimidated, or, <laughs> or <laughs> I like, was. Uh, I really, really was. But I tried <laughs> not to sound like I was. It was. It was funny because I, I I really didn't expect to be able to interview him. Um, Howard had said, uh, you know, a few months before the the, the interview mm-hmm. took place that um, Michael was putting out a new Swans album, and I'm like, I know this band. Yeah, I'm not real familiar with them. And then he sent me a promo copy of the music. I'm like, 
I started listening and I'm like, this is amazing. Like, and so he said, well, he's, he's doing interviews now. So, you know, I can get you ready. I'm like, yes, I, you know, I can get you on the list. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. In fact, I, I actually, I remember now that, um, I remember that he, he had done very f- few interviews and you're, I remember now that it was yours, the one that he did. Um, he doesn't do a lot of, you know, like audio interviews, I don't think. So I was surprised, uh, yeah, that he, he, he had only done um, a few and, oh, and wow. yeah, he was one of them. That was great. See, I didn't even realize that until right now. That's And yeah. what blew me away is that we started and we ha- we started having some issues connecting his you know we're, we're doing oh. it through skype like this or, uh, yeah. and uh, and uh he kept cutting out and getting bad connections and he couldn't hear me and he he said well he said look this i think it's it's on my end because my my internet connection here is terrible let me let's just do it as a phone call and i'll go outside and we'll yeah yeah i heard like, wow uh, uh okay they get uh, bad, bad connection <laughs> where you live. Yeah, and, and I was just... Because I've had a couple people with similar issues, and they just get pissed off and like, ah, fuck it, we'll do it later. I, I, I'm, just, I'm not doing it now. Oh, okay, sorry. He was just like, no, let me try to get this to work. And he went outside, and he was outside in the cold for... Well, no, I, st- I stepped outside just for... Just to, yeah, just to go for, for, to be more free and... <laughs> Man, see, everything... Yeah, it's cold here, too. Everything having to do with swans is making every one of my guests go outside. Man. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I, I was, he, he had only uh, given 20 minutes, and we ended up talking for over 40 and he had another yeah. interview to do immediately after, and I made him late for it. So, <laughs> so I felt kind of bad, but I was like, man, he must have enjoyed so, it. My my interview with him was uh, six hours long. So <laughs> amazing. Uh, so uh, I want to get into to the documentary you're doing, but I want to know a little bit more about you first. I want to know a little bit more about your history because you've done this incredible documentary on. Michael Girard and Swans. Uh-huh. But I want to know kind of how you got to that point. Um, yeah. What did, were you interested in music first uh, film? What, what got you yeah. into this whole area? I mean, I'm, I'm a huge music fan, of course. So I've, um, and so having, uh, yeah, having, you know, well, let me start over. Yeah. Um, it's sort of my, I'm a, I'm a huge music fan, of course, and, and I also play in a band. So music has always been incredibly important, uh, for me. And, um, you know, having gone into a film, uh, career and having, um, yeah, there was always, I always wanted to do something that was music related. Um, okay. I, 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 you know, I spent the last 20 years editing, uh, for TV uh, documentaries, um, you know, really great subject matters, but I, I, w- I was always looking for, um, something, a project that I could, of my own, that I could just call my own. Yeah. And, uh, and having, you know, I, I did, I did lots of little music videos, um, in the past and just wanted to get back into doing something, you know, related to music. And, um, and I just, um, when it came, you know, when it just hit me, the idea of just doing the documentary, I just felt like 
that this could be the project. I felt really strongly that I could make this. I, I was the I was the person that could do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, because I had, I was a fan. I was, you know, a longtime fan as well. But yeah, I had the, the um, I think I had the tech expertise, um, you know, the, and the experience of putting films together, documentaries together, um, for other people. That I was ready to do it uh, for myself. Okay. When did you start playing music? How old were you? And, and I've seen uh, I've seen your uh, your band, Let There Be Light, and you're playing bass. Yeah. Had some strange keyboard with little baby arms on it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just um, you know, it's more of a. I guess you could call it a hobby. I mean, it's uh, my a bandmate, my bandmate Piero uh, and myself, um, and we're both you know we're we're both uh, from Rome, Italy, so okay. we met here. So we're kind of like a, we're an Italian band in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we, we've only played we played for like 10 years before I, I i didn't i mean even now i don't really know how to play bass well i just go by instinct by mm-hmm. ear and just creating atmospheres um piero is the more uh, skilled talented one but yeah we, we've been playing for the last 10 years and we do shows um every so often Okay. So it's more of a fun, fun thing to do, but I get, it goes back to my love of music. Yeah. Yeah. Is is Let There Be Light your, your first real band you've been in, or were you... Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I've... Yeah, yeah. It's just for, you know, really just to, to have fun. And the thing is, because of our jobs, uh, Piero's an architect, and I myself, um, you know, working in TV, uh, and I, we just... Uh, we can't dedicate enough time to it. Like, like we'd love to go out and tour. You know, we've put out like three, four records, and okay. but there's just no way that we can we, we could do that. You know, but it's been like <laughs> a, a dream of, of mine, of ours, to to do that. I under I understand, and I've I've heard two tracks, and ah. I absolutely love them. I mean, oh, great. Tele- and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, telepathine. Uh huh. Piero is the I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the the, the title of this of the track. Oh, right, but te- telepathine. Telepathine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That song blew me away. Oh, great! I love that, and it was a, it was live, which was yeah, yeah. It's like this, and, and I, I want everybody to go check it out, and because it's <laughs> like this electro shoegaze kind of sound. It's electro gaze, which That's sounds great, like a superpower, yeah. not really a music genre, but. you like it i'll send you our tracks <laughs> oh i would love that that's it's i'm serious i've listened to it several several times 
And uh, oh, I will definitely add, include a snippet of this of a couple of the songs in this. So okay. everybody cool. will get a, get a little taste of it. And uh, is that in a, is is your, the music available outside of just streaming it on yeah, YouTube? We, we, yeah, we have a Bandcamp page. So if <laughs> if you 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 want to, I think like Let There Be Light uh, dot the Bandcamp, uh, you would see it there. Oh, perfect! I would definitely. Want everybody to support yeah. that because I I, I yeah, love great. everything I heard. Now, <laughs> let's let's get a little bit into the documentary here. Yeah. How how did you first decide that swans was a subject matter that you wanted to cover? So you know when when um, Michael re- reactivated the band in 20, 2010, um, I first I was thrilled, but the other thought, the first thought that came into my head was that. I would uh, that I had to document, you know, the the this iteration of the band. I just because there was, you know, even when the band split up in '97, I I had an idea of doing a documentary even back then, but it was just not quite feasible at the time. I just moved to Canada, but um, I did go see their final show in New York. And, oh wow! Uh, and you oh. know what I what I thought was going to be their the final show ever when the band broke up in '97. Yeah, and little did I know that you know 20 years later I would have made a film. About <laughs> them, but but uh, no, so even back then I, I really wanted to do something, and so when when um, yeah in 2010 I just thought okay I'm going to pick up my camera and just start filming <laughs> as much as I can. So. I had gotten to know Michael a bit uh, when uh, when he would come uh, to Toronto to uh, play with Angels of Light, and uh, so you know we got to know each other and become friends, and and so I started filming various shows uh, in New York, or I would tag along when I could at different different uh, shows, and uh, I amassed you know I I filmed a dozen shows, so I amassed enough footage that I could put together you know, a live sort of live concert film okay and um i think and that was included with the the seer um DVD, uh, cd limited. Oh, okay so yeah and so after i did that and i had you know just experienced um just the band's you know new uh sound you know live show um i was just you know witnessed the power of just the new um yeah, incarnation of, of Mike, what Michael was doing, and just w- being there and just seeing how intense and powerful it was. Um, I just like you know, I, was, I just, I, I just one day I just realized I, I was in a position where I could, I could have done more. Like I wanted to do more and to tell the full story of Swans. And yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I one day I proposed uh, my idea to, to Michael, and uh, yeah, and he agreed. Now, how and, hard was that to do? Because he's a guy who is really loath to revisit his older material. Was it difficult yeah. to to pitch it to him and get him to agree to it? Um, no, no, I, you know, I just um, he was. I I knew I know he's very you know um, guarded with everything Swan so I, obviously I knew I had to do something something that was worthwhile yeah. and and strong that could match the music and um, you know I, I I just set about just kind of um, documenting as much as I could and but at the same time trying to gather um, archive and just you know there wasn't a lot at, uh, online. Yeah. Um, 
of so on. So once I w- was was really instrumental and, and incredibly helpful was Jarbo, who um, who was sort of the keeper of all the Swans archive from <laughs> oh, wow. the 80s and 90s. And she, yeah, I, she was um, really generous. She, she allowed me to use uh, all her, um, you know, materials that she had. And, uh, wow. and I started con- contacting um, different photographers who had taken photos of the band. Uh, and also there was, a, a lot, I got a lot of help with, you know, people donating their photos. Um, I didn't have a big budget at the beginning. So yeah, I just started amassing, um, material. And of course, you know, it's once Swan's stories started in 82. So I have to tell, uh, tell it, you know, that there is going to be, uh, a story. The story is, is goes is for 40 years pretty much. Yeah. So, I can't, you know, there's some people who just, yeah, the story uh, goes on for a long time. So in order, you have to revisit the old stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so Michael, Michael is proud of it, but he doesn't, yeah, like you, like he told you, he doesn't like to dwell on it. He just, you know, they're just like um, yeah. feathers that fall off a bird. He told me once, you know. Yeah, he told me it was detritus, which <laughs> detritus. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, yeah. that's pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. But he's an intense guy. So now yeah. the uh, a lot of the, the older material that you have in the movie, you got, and I'm assuming you got this from Jarbo. Tell me if, you, if that's wrong, but you got the audition. Uh, I guess you would call it the audition tape that she sent to Michael. Yeah, yeah, sh- that's right. Um, I got a lot of uh, material like that from her, and also, but one one interesting story also was that uh, I had a lot of uh, photographs and you know archival stuff, uh, but I didn't. I was lacking um, any video material. Like I was, I was you know I was filming the band now, so I was covered for the the this current uh, iteration for post twenty. 20- Ten and um, but there was very little uh, um, uh, that was online and or that was around. But then early on, Jarbo told me that there was a, a box of archive box that she had collected over the years, wow. just hundreds of um, VHS tapes, like every kind of format, high eight, uh, you know, beta. Oh my that, gosh! That they that they. Um, yeah, that she had kept, and when when they broke up, uh, when Michael and Charbel broke broke up in '97, he took that box with him, oh. <laughs> and, which was a big mistake because she never saw it again. No one knew what happened to it. It got lost. Oh wow! And uh, so I was uh, I was gutted. I was like I was, yeah. uh, was cursing. You know, I was just so, hope. I was so, um, I don't know what's the word, you know, just hoping that it, it could turn up sometime, but yeah. I would try and I tried to, Michael didn't know where it was and oh. no one did really. So I, you know, I kept, I kept working on the film and, and then all of a sudden one day in like 2015, I think I got an email from Michael saying, you know, Marco, I think I found what you're looking for. Oh, <laughs> and, wow. And so during one of his moves, uh, he had found the box and, and I was, yeah, I was oh thrilled. God. And I drove down to New York and, and got the box. I, you know, wow. Trusted me. 
Now, is that where the uh, like the Circus Mort footage came from too? Um, no, that one actually, that Circus Mort actually was um, taken from this woman uh, who was a videographer at this club Maxwell's in New York. Okay, and um, she would document all the bands that went through there in the early '80s. Yeah. So she had an amazing archive of bands like New Order, Bauhaus. Like, I mean, any band uh, you can think of who played that played there. And uh, Circus Mort was one of those bands. I think they were opening up for Bauhaus <laughs> that oh, night. Wow. And, um, but yeah, so I bought that footage from her. But but in this box was just when I when I got it and opened it. I mean, it was literally like an archaeological discovery. <laughs> you know? Um, it, I laid all the tapes out and there was, yeah, I counted at least there was a hundred tapes when I cataloged them oh and I uh, just God. started, I started, um, you know, digitizing them and processing them and seeing what was good and what wasn't. And I'd say there was about maybe like 20 tapes that were amazing, really, really good. Yeah. And then, um, also through Jarbo's, um, archivist, I was able to get a hold of a lot of the soundboard recordings. Oh, she wow. So kept all that. So I was able to um, sync up uh, like really good audio to these VHS tapes, that, which some some had you know really bad audio. Yeah, um, sure. On them. So once I, I once I saw this footage, um, I, I just I knew like you know it's like I knew that that I had a film then because I knew then I could tell this help you know with this footage help tell the story of the early. Um, history of swans, you know, the, certainly the 80s and 90s period. There was tapes that went back to 83, really. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I was really, yeah, uh, lucky that I got that material. <laughs> Were there any surprises in those films, things you weren't expecting? Um, um, there was, uh, let's see, I mean, there's one amazing tape that was uh, basically like home video footage, um, um, tour, you know, behind the scenes tour footage from 1987 when, wow. when they went to, um, they, they went to Eastern Europe to do a, a tour. So there was, there was, um, yeah, incredible footage there that I used a bit of in the film. And I, I've also used more of it in one of the bonus scenes as well. But yeah, there was always um, this, this scene, like it's amazing. I, I was actually blown away by how much archival footage was in the documentary. I didn't realize, you know, I, I didn't think, I didn't know that there was yeah. that much out there. And now knowing where it came from, I mean, that, that's just <laughs> blowing me away right now. Yeah, like I said, it was really, um, after I got that box, uh, I knew that I could you know, help tell the story the way I wanted to. And, uh, and, yeah, it's, it was really, um, yeah, it was all the pieces were kind of falling into place. Cause you know, when, when you start, you don't really know what you're going to get, you know, I yeah. was able to get, um, I interviewed about 50 people for the film and, you know, I would just, I would just ask and I was really surprised by how many people would immediately say yes, you know, right away and who wanted okay. to, 
you know, I think especially, well, mainly because of the respect they have for, for swans. And, right. and like, so a lot of, you know, people, there's some more, Ronaldo, who are a big part of the swans' history, and immediately said yes. And yeah. they jumped their well fetus. And so, uh, you know, I was, every time I would go to New York, I would interview people or go to London. I would interview as many people as I could. Oh, you've got some amazing interviews too. Like, just I leave Ronaldo and Thurston Moore, like you said. Yeah. Uh, and you've got a ton of footage with Jarbo, uh, Blixa yes. Bargeld, um, and, you know, with the uh, unfortunate and unexpected passing of Bill Rieflin, you know, you've got a lot of him in there too. Uh, yeah, he was uh, so great. It was so sad um, just to, you know, to hear that he, he had passed away. He was, um, yeah, I remember I, did, I, I remember going to L.A. to do interviews uh, there in, I think it was 2016. And um, I went to interview Karen O of Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs and, and Devander Banhart and John Congleton. And then, um, but because Bill was in Seattle, uh, that was, yeah, my only pre- way to get get there was literally uh take a take a flight from la to seattle in the morning go to his house and you know do the interview and then take a flight back to la oh wow and so i still remember that you know uh, that time that day you know he was one of the nicest people i've ever met you know and yeah it was it was a great he 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 was one of the best interviews that i did and we contributed contributed a lot to the film yeah he really did there he's the the information and and the the stories he told were just amazing was there anybody that was kind of reluctant to talk about their time or their association with swans uh let's see i mean i i I asked people some people uh, you know uh, politely declined (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, Lydia Lunch. I mean, they were never really on the best of terms, mm-hmm. but uh, I think Henry Rollins and um, yeah, I mean, I was hoping to get like Iggy Pop, you know, but he, he it was just never worked, quite worked out. Um, Nick Cave, I, I got close to, but <laughs> oh, wow, but uh, yeah, I, I got two bad seeds and instead, yeah, that is that's you know, that's pretty good, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to sneeze at that. So. Yeah. yeah. I, have, now, um, I, ha- I have a question for you about early swans. And I, you, you may not have an answer to this, but it's something that's been really gnawing at me uh, ever since I had Michael on. Um, uh-huh. And like I've, like I've mentioned, every time I mentioned swans in a, in a podcast, I'm fairly new to the band. So when I had Michael on, I threw it out to... Uh, some Reddit users huh. and and said, "What what is something you would want to know from Michael? Give me some some listener questions." And one person threw out this question, and it's been gnawing at me because nobody can really give me a definitive answer. There's hmm. a former member of Swans that's disappeared, Sue Hannah. Yeah, yeah. And the only person who's who knows any uh, just the smi- slightest bit about it isn't even Michael because uh, I did ask him in the podcast if, if he has any information about her but Wharton Tears was the only ah. person I know who, who said he saw her a few times after she left Swans and she was you know heavy into some kind of an addiction she was like drinking cough ah. syrup and 
but he doesn't know whatever actually happened to her. She just kind of vanished. So I was just curious if, if there was, if she popped up at all in any of the research you did. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I knew of course about, about her. And I, that was the question that I was, uh, I wanted to find out as well. And, and, and uh, it's funny you, you bring her up because one of the bonus scenes that I've compiled uh, is actually called "Whatever Happened to Sue Hanel." Oh, really? And and I you know I, so I asked a few people like um, Jonathan Kane, who was also in the first um, line of the songs, right? It was yeah. Michael, Jonathan Kane, and Sue Hanel, and and also uh, Bob Burt, who was the first uh, Sonic Youth drummer. But again, they also had no, have no idea. You know, they I think Bob Burt mentions that he he did see he would see around. He was she was friends with his um, girlfriend, I believe, but uh, or worked at the same place, and uh, he. He would see her when he would see her more and more she was looking a bit more and more um uh, let's say not in good shape and yeah, yeah. It, it was possible drug issues yeah he mentions how she went to his uh, her apartment one time and and all she had was uh, a mattress or, or a chair and nothing else that's exactly the, the, the same thing wharton told me ah okay <laughs> yeah i mean so you know, either she 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 died, or you know she might have moved away, yeah. changed identity. It's uh, but it's surprising that no no one still to this day knows what happened to her. It's incredible. She just vanished, and yeah. Oh, man. oh so so let back back to to newer swans. There is some awesome footage of the band rehearsing for a. a recent tour and yeah. it, i mean you seem getting into arguments throwing guitars and all kinds of stuff <laughs> that was you don't ever get to see that kind of stuff from a band was, was that something that that michael was okay with in the from the beginning was he reluctant to show any of that kind of stuff no no he 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 yeah he he, he was okay i think you know he didn't want the film to be you know just like you know um, a piece about how great they are obviously right. but i you know he gave me free reign um to do what i wanted and but i i i knew that when they were um about to rehearse for the final tour um that i wanted to be there and film it so so i was able to go down there for three days and and i tried to you know make myself uh small small you know just like a, a fly on the wall and right. just try and capture that more about the 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 rehearsal process because you know as you um, when you see them live they they uh, they will work a song over and over every single night until uh the song will mutate and transform over the course of a tour wow. to something almost completely new or, or you know really different so it was um i definitely wanted to capture some of the yeah, that process, which I always find really interesting. Yeah. And, um, like, as well, like, when I went to Texas to film them recording the final album of that incarnation, The Glowing Man. But, um, but no, but the, the argument that you see on the film, I was just really lucky to have caught that on camera <laughs> <laughs> because I, I was, um, I was outside of the, the, the room, uh, 
when that happened. And so I could tell like it was quite tense, you know, many times th- throughout. <laughs> and uh, so when it when it all, when it happened, I just kind of you know got out of the way and went, went outside. And and uh, <laughs> but what later what I realized like my jaw my sort of dropped when I realized that oh my god I still have the GoPro camera in the room I had left that in there recording so when I when I I went I grabbed the camera and and looked back at the the footage and and sure enough I had it on tape so I um yeah I was I was really glad to to um to have caught that and right away I, I you know I knew I, I had to use it um, yeah yeah just you know because it's just part of the process um, yeah and, and it's, I'm, it's, it's it's one of the great things about Michael and about the band is it the honesty and that's a, yeah. a truly honest moment in in the, in the documentary yeah and and so you know I was prepared to fight to keep that that <laughs> in but but i didn't have to there was other things that that michael maybe objected to that yeah. that, uh, that i had to maybe take out but like silly things you know right. maybe you didn't like how he looked in one shot or but for that you never had any problem with that <laughs> so how how involved was he during the documentary process um well i um i showed him the the i i basically he let me do what I wanted, really, until I sh- I showed him uh, my first cut, my first uh, rough cut, and I still remember I sent it to him in May of 2018, and uh, it was over four hours long. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and um, I was was pretty terrified of what he would say because <laughs> he's seen anything. <laughs> I mean, I think. Uh, I had shown him uh, I, 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 at one point. I, I went down and, and kind of went over like live material with him because he wanted to make sure I was using the the best um, performances, especially yeah. audio wise. Yeah, so yeah, of course. just to save time, I knew what I what what, what would be um, yeah performances that, that would be uh, good to use. And um, but no, but then when I sent him the first cut, I, um, he just. Um, I think he, he said it was very good, but it was way too long <laughs> so, even for him, which I thought was funny you know, for a band that does three-hour shows. Yeah. <laughs> One song is half an hour long. Yeah, yeah. So, so, But I knew it was too long, but at least it was a starting point. And yeah, exactly. One time, I, I just went to, to his house and we kind of, um, you know, he just... Uh, I he gave me his comments and it was easier to do it together. And, and so it was really helpful, constructive to um, just to hear his thoughts. And, yeah. and he had really good suggestions, you know, just on using certain things, certain, um, um, yeah, performances. Or, and uh, so then, yeah, after that, I, I went back and it was, it was really hard to just cut it down because there was so much material that I had. Um, I was able to get it down to like two hours and 45 minutes. And, um, but even then it was too long, you know, just to even get it into festivals. So I had a couple of friends help me, you know, bring it down like story editors. Um, so I was, (laughs) because at a certain point I just, everything was so precious. I couldn't cut it down. And then when someone else did, then I realized, oh yeah, this could go, this could go. And it was a lot easier to get it down to two hours. Yeah. Sometimes you need that outside opinion. Yeah. But I still, I kept 
long version or an extended version that's about two hours and 40 minutes. Oh, wow. That's that I, you know, that I'm, that's what I was going to put on the Blu-ray and DVD. Okay. How do you choose the songs that you want to highlight? And I know you said Michael wanted certain live performances, but you know, you, you got some other studio songs that, that go in and out throughout the entire documentary, obviously, since it's about the band. How do you choose what songs? Was Michael involved in that or was that all your decision? That was, no, I think that was mainly mine. You know, I, I would try and use what I, what I had most uh, coverage of. So, you know, if I, someone, uh, I, if there was a song that I, I had really well covered, I would tend to use that, you know, versus something that I didn't have a lot of footage of. Um, and, but sometimes Michael, maybe he wouldn't like the song so much like it happened on no, think, really? The knot? The knot? Or... some songs that he just you know doesn't really like so michael not like some of you, his stuff <laughs> you know, he uh, you know he doesn't uh, like there's a couple of songs uh, that he wasn't too fond of in the last tour so i had to kind of stay away from those okay um you know that's but but it's yeah it, it, I, so but i was often thinking visually and maybe Michael was more of um, audio, sort of, he was more interested in, you know, the audio part. That's all, all that really matters for him. I mean, obviously, even doing the, having the film on him, you know, he's, he's pretty humble. He's like, he, he never, you know, he appreciates the film a lot. And I, you know, I wanted to do it also as a sort of legacy, you know, just to sh have something to show, you know, future generations and yeah. and one thing that the thing that most um surprised me um that i do i was really happy to see at all the shows that i would go at uh was yeah it was the amount of young kids that were that would show up and yeah. uh, and you see it in the film too where, where i interviewed some like teenagers 15 year olds yeah and, um, one 13 year old kid who got his own his, he got his dad into this into school yeah. <laughs> that's amazing so, and you know, and a lot of um, uh, screenings uh, in the last year that where the film played in various festivals. Yeah, there was uh, in one show uh, screening in Glasgow. There was a girl that was so young, and I asked her how old she was, and she was like, she said she was twelve. Oh my gosh! She, um, she had just her parents had dropped her off and. And then, uh, yeah, but oh so often, so, you know, it's nice to see uh, this new um, sort of, um, yeah, generation, because the music has gotten even more difficult and intense than it was. So yeah. it was great to see um, so many uh, young kids, you know, really into it. So I was always yeah. often trying to capture the audience audiences just often you know their faces would be you know and kind of like wrapped in these religious almost ecstatic um yeah you know, it's almost faces. like rapturous it's it's incredible. yeah 
and it's so good to to see you know young fans because with songs and performance you know songs that are 20 30 minutes long performances that are 3 hours you know you get these kids that are sitting there looking at their phones on TikTok and yeah. like, they they yeah. struggle to watch a 30 second video yeah and so in the last you know 7 years uh, that i filmed them it was really like yeah, it was truly a, a, a religious experience, like really transcendental. And often I would, you know, I would be on stage filming for the whole two hours, um, two and a half hours, and I would be, you know, exhausted and drenched at by the end, kind of like like the band. Yeah, <laughs> I know that I, I. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I know exactly what you mean. Shooting a, a band live can be exhausting, and uh, yeah. it it's but it's it's an amazing feeling to to know you're capturing what's going yeah. on right in front of you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's how I felt. Uh, you know, when I would when I was uh, filming the shows, I uh, you know knowing the music, and I would always try and um, anticipate what was about to happen, and always try and be in the right place, and make, you know, and just to capture something that I knew might happen or would happen. And, uh, that was always, uh, a, a huge like reward. Like I felt like, yes, you know, I've, I, I've, you know, this is where I need to be. And uh, this is like, this is the place that I, that I, um, need to be, you know, right now in this world. Exactly what you mean. Capturing. Yeah. This, this moment. So you mentioned that, you know, it's going out to festivals and all and, but with the way things have changed with coronavirus at this point, festivals are closed, festivals canceled, theaters closed. Uh, has that changed the distribution and release plans for the documentary? Yeah, it's too, it's really a shame because there was a lot of um, screenings lined up uh, now in April and May in Europe. And uh, it was really kind of ramping up, but now everything is on hold. Um, but at least it, it gave me time to, um, to f in the last month, I've been working on finishing all uh, the bonus scenes um, and uh, working with my audio mixer and, and finishing um, getting the audio mixes done. And uh, I, have, um, I have over two hours of bonus material. Bonus oh, wow. So, so that would be, you know, like a lot of the stuff the that I couldn't whole other fit movie. in. Like, uh, yeah, it's almost, it's pretty much a whole other film. So Man. between the two, you know, between the bonus scenes and the film itself, there's uh, over five hours about. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait. I, I'm, so, I and can't it's scheduled, I mean, yeah, it's, it's scheduled to, um, uh, I have a sales agent, you know, so I'm, I'm, I, there is a distributor in North America. And so I don't know now their plans might be shifting, but it's hoping, I mean, it, so we'll have a release um, hoping in the next um, few months in, the, in North America and then hopefully in Europe as well. Good, good. I do have a question. I've always wanted to ask, particularly a documentarian. Obviously you have permission to shoot the, uh, the, main subject of the documentary in yeah. this you you also have clips of pink floyd and suicide and some other bands How, is it difficult to get permission to use those clips <laughs> especially with some with a band like pink floyd yeah that's actually that's one of the other things i'm dealing with now is this, 
getting all the clearances uh, together. I mean, in you know, in some a lot of the times uh, you you can cite, try and uh, cite uh, fair use mm-hmm. for um, some of these uh, things, um, and so. Yeah, I have someone who's helping me get all that together. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I can. I'm, I'm should be able to get to clear all that stuff, and <laughs> I have a lot, a lot of other things to clear in the bonus scenes as well. Okay. And, uh, but it's uh, you know even, even <laughs> that's the part I don't I I don't really like doing. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. I, you know, like, <laughs> and um, yeah, so. <laughs> And, and so this this a lot of this was funded through Kickstarter. How was your experience yeah. with with that? Um, well, it was it was um, at the beginning. I, you know, I kind of started on my own, and then you know, I I, I, I realized that I, I I would need you know a lot more money. So yeah, I just tried doing Kickstarter, and um, I was afraid. I, I didn't know what to really ask for, but you know, I got the goal pretty much in the next in the first two days so it was you know it was like oh shit i I should have asked for more yeah (laughs) but and but then if you if you don't hit it then you don't get anything so it was really i was it was really (laughs) yeah kickstarter's um, a little strange like that i I know there's a few others like indiegogo and all that that you can whatever you get you get so i'm grateful that to all the i had about 650 people uh who donated who have been patiently uh <laughs> waiting for the, the film and i'm really um i, I was you know i didn't really yeah I, I didn't realize how long it would take to finish but well um, when, once this is out feel free to send this to them too <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah will, uh, good proof we're working on it it's almost there <laughs> yeah it's fine it's kind of a. Uh, fitting that uh, today I'm actually getting the the final audio mix for the film, so it's, awesome. I could say that it's finishing today. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. So uh, a, a couple more questions. I know I'm keeping you a while here. Yeah. What really got you into Swans in the first place? What what album was it, or what what event happened? Um, let's see. Well. I remember, yeah, I, I was probably 16, you know, and, and when I realized I was pretty much the same age as some of the, the, the kids in the film when I first uh, heard Swans. And I, I just started university in the States, and I was, uh, yeah, I was reading a lot. I was into, like, reading the the British papers, like Melody Maker. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, and um, so I still remember... And one of the issues reading like the single of the week was uh, a screw. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> like, I'm his money bastard. Yes. So it was right around that that time in '86. Uh, that's when I started university. Uh, that I, I just just reading that review, I just knew I, I had to have it. You know, and just even the packaging as well. A lot of people talk about how they were drawn into the band just by the visual. You know, the packaging of the the, the records, especially the dollar signs. Yeah. And. Uh, 
so yeah, so those were the the first records that I that I bought was uh, Greed, Holy Money, and uh, you know it wasn't it was really in the heavy period. I loved that those records, and then you know then subsequently you know, just hearing um, getting Children of God when when it came out and loving that even more. Yeah. Um, but and you know some people a lot of you know there were fans that kind of um, dropped dropped out of, of listening to them when they after burning the world came out but i, I kind of i stuck with them you know throughout because I, I loved burning world and i've heard and that then, a lot uh, that, that it was you know and, and so you actually mentioned that in the documentary a lot about how everyone involved in it was disappointed with it but i know i i did a a, a show with a, a friend of mine who's a big swans fan and that was that was the first one he really got into, and he, it's his favorite album, is Burning World. Yeah, yeah, it's um, a, it's a, a lot of fans, um, you know, one of the favorite records, and and um, yeah, it's like Jarbo says, you know, it's a beautiful songs, even though the production just could have been, just probably it could. I want, sometimes you wonder uh, what it would have sounded like with another producer, you know, and yeah. I think Jarbo mentioned that. They had actually their first choice had been um, Flood, the producer Flood, ah. who, who yeah, I think would have done an amazing job. On, um, that would, yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah, he, he did. His, you know, like uh, so many great bands. Oh yeah, I remember the first time I actually realizing his work was on uh, the work he did with Smashing Pumpkins on Melancholy. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So he did part of it. I don't think he did the entire thing, but I know he... Or maybe he did. I don't know. He would do, like... I, I just trying to remember, like... Um, I can't remember if he did... Um, uh, Nick Cave or uh, Wolfgang Prince, uh, Curve... Uh, oh, yeah, I guess Curve. Uh, yeah, a lot of, like, those 90s bands and... and, yeah. and, and but um, yeah, you could. There's so many entry points into their, you know, into Swans that um, it depends. Funny, some some fans or maybe don't even listen to the early stuff. They just um, like the, you know, this the newer, the last four records, you know, post 2010. Yeah. And other people don't are only, you know, stuck in that early period. And you know, but yeah, it's it's have to kind of. Just yeah, take it all and it's it's yeah, like it's Swans are a band that has always changed and unlike unlike other bands that have reformed, like you know, like Pixies uh, or my Billy Valentine, you know, they they just played the the hits, all the old stuff. But but when Michael reactivated, that, that's that was the last thing he wanted to do. You know, he just yeah. he, he he just created all new music that constantly got better and better like even more dense and more more intense you know like yeah. these 40 minute long pieces <laughs> yeah in fact what, what's funny is I, I was listening to um to some of uh, some swans on youtube and i'm scrolling down and, and looking at the uh comments and the best comment i've ever seen on any video was on uh bring the sun to saint Louverture. yeah somebody said Two dollars at one of these online jukeboxes at my local dive bar. Best money ever spent. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's
of a 34-minute track. And so everybody, wherever the hell he was at the time, for, he was, I was listening to that for half an hour. I love uh, that. That's great. <laughs> and and the beginning of the documentary is, is perfect. Michael saying that he's totally flummoxed at the fact that he even exists. And yeah. going into that conversation that he has, it's it's funny because I've, I've I've had those same thoughts, and I know my wife and I have actually talked about it. It's it's when we get into you know some some mm-hmm. philosophical questions and some some yeah. you know, just just some existential questions that, that you ha- tend to get into at some point yeah. after a few drinks or whatever. But I've had those same That's thoughts, good. and having you know hearing him say that at the beginning of, of the documentary is to me is the perfect way to start a documentary about this band. Yeah. And exactly. And that's how, um, yeah, that, that I've had those as well. And, and I, I always, you know, ask myself those questions, you know, why, why am I alive? What, why am I doing yes. this? You know, like what, how did I get here? You know, making this film even, and, and, and Michael's songs often actually have, um, questions or questions, you know, uh, other tracks, like why are we alive or will we survive? And this one, um, you know, I had a few working titles, but Michael actually suggested this uh, title, which uh, I thought was, you know, really fitting. And, uh, one of my also favorite swan songs from great annihilator. So, thought it was really appropriate and because I, I don't want to make you know a traditional music doc just just focused on the on, on the songs you know on the, on the albums yeah but uh, I, and you know songs is always something deeper you know existential and um it's you know like something that's hard to explain but it's something it's a band that people really love more than so many others you know i have thousands of other <laughs> bands that i listen to but but swans have that place you know yeah. above every anyone else and so i think a lot of people feel like that it's and um so i just wanted to you know because michael's life like michael is swans and and swans is michael so yeah. you can't extricate the two so i also wanted to you know, kind of show michael's life as an artist you know how as an artist he's persevered throughout his career um, and still yeah and st- like it's still going strong like yeah. other people who are more well known like nick cave you know yeah and and um, you know michael has lived an extraordinary life you know st- and yeah st- you know being in an, an israeli prison as a teenager you know i mean yeah. <laughs> moving, yeah, from, this- moving across the world hitchhiking from germany to israel it's I knew, um, yeah, I knew, I knew his his childhood story, and I, I wanted, I really, that was one of the things I really wanted to bring out, and to to have people, um, yeah, hear how, yeah, his childhood definitely influenced his worldview and his, yeah. you know, how he saw the world and his music, 
And uh, so, yeah, there was, you know, it's a bit of, yeah, biopic kind of love letter. I guess it's definitely a labor of love, this yeah. film. <laughs> you know, throughout, I would sometimes I would, you know, I, I would, yeah, it's, I also suffered some breakdowns, mental breakdowns. Just, it's just such a huge project. But there's nothing yeah. about Michael that is not intense. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. That's when the I one interviewed thing I've him, yeah, I was terrified too. I mean, <laughs> I, I did all the interviews myself, but every time I'm, you know I'm with Michael, I'm always a bit. <laughs> yeah. it's it's definitely hard. I needed. Uh, luckily, I had a good uh, journalist who was who did a really good interview, so I was I was able to do the camera work and um, interview him. So. But no, he's always been, you know, incredibly generous and, and kind. You know, when, when you meet him, he's very, you know, it's, it's complete opposite of what often people would think. You know, <laughs> and and I've only met him through the the one interview that I've done with him. But that's the feeling I got was that you know he's just his music, everything is is incredibly intense, but he's very yeah. kind. And one one thing that I, I just wanted to acknowledge uh, is also Jarbeau uh, and her contribution to the band because her role was so important um, that without her, I don't think you know even he, Michael would have had the will to continue um, several times uh, for sure. So she was really such an incredible, important uh, part of Swans and. You know, I tried to, that was the other thing I wanted to make sure I brought out was um, Charbo's role in, in, you know, in the band and, yeah. and her whole input. And, and, and uh, yeah, just, she was really, and of course, uh, she was so helpful and instrumental and also helping me with all the archives. That, yeah, and that's amazing. And the footage of her, especially on that last tour that, that you have in the video, is just intense. Oh, yeah. It's, I love it. Yeah, yeah. She was a really a force of nature. <laughs> yes. All right, so uh, I've got just a, one or two more questions I want to ask you, and, and then I can let you have the rest of your evening, and I really do appreciate yeah. you spending so much time with me tonight. Oh, yeah, no, it's they always go longer than you think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, do you have a favorite Swans album? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Every every time I could say you know a different a different name, but yeah. I think because you know the the your favorite ones are always the ones when you that you grew up with, and to me I think I have to say I have to say White Light holds a really special place because I love that one. It was a time like 1990, 91. I was uh, actually living in Miami Beach with my one of my good friends who actually. Um, and helped me produce the film and is a filmmaker himself. And um, yeah, and we were just kind of down and out. <laughs> and this, I had this ca advanced cassette of White Light. Oh wow! And I just had, like put it on. I was and and uh, just um, just hearing like the power back in songs after the Burning World. Mm -hmm. Just hearing, hearing the production and. and the sort of you know orchestral symphonic feel, but really with really powerful um, drumming. Uh, I'd say, and and I loved, always loved um, the artwork of, yes. uh, of uh, yeah, of Derek um, Thomas, and then just uh, yeah, that whole area of white light, love of life. But also, yeah. you know, Amazing. I could say soundtracks for the blind as well because. It's just 
such a beautiful album and it was you know linked to that final tour as well uh, yeah. uh, so i would say maybe those two I, i'll pick two <laughs> where can people follow you so when when the documentary is released they can purchase it and and help support this amazing uh, piece of art that you've put together um, yeah, it's, um, well, I, uh, there's the website where does a body end.com and on there I, I've, um, I'll, I'm updating, you know, uh, uh, f- I was updating, you know, uh, the film, uh, festival release and the release of the film. So yeah, for the, for the release and everything, I'll be updating, um, on, on the website. Okay. I have a Facebook page as well uh, for the film, and uh, so I'm sure people can find it on Facebook and on Instagram as well. Oh, great. And, uh, but yeah, the website, I'm going to start updating more regularly. Wonderful. All right. This has been great. I, I'm really blown away by Schwann's. God, I mean, like I said, I'm a complete latecomer to the band, but... Yeah, yeah, you've you've done uh, you've done three episodes now in the last three, four months on Swans, <laughs> and it's been mentioned in several others. So, yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's great. Yeah, so I I, I was uh, yeah, and you mentioned that you were looking forward to see the, the the upcoming tour, and I was like, I was saddened that you now you have to wait even longer. <laughs> I know, I know, because uh, I was I was talking with Howard about how to get a media pass so I can photograph it. So it's, yeah. uh, we'll see. Hopefully things will calm yeah, down yeah. a little bit and then uh, yeah. it'll resume. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for, for spending so much time with me, man. I really do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you're Thanks, Mark. Yeah, it was good talking to you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.